everybody. Welcome to another edition of Brain Milk, the best podcast in the world. I'm Dash McIntyre. I'm Adrian Pope. I'm Chesty. <laughs> Chesty's our special guest today again. We're doing a two twofer with her. Two parts. Um, today we're going to talk about more medical stuff because Chester's really uh, fucked up and has some interesting knowledge about the human body. All she knows. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, Chesty, to start off, uh, what do you think is the most interesting part of the body? Um, most interesting part of the body, I like the kidneys. I think, well, the reason I like the kidneys isn't a great reason. I think they're cute. Um, but also, they're cute? Yeah, I think they're cute. And mine are big, so. Yeah, big you know, kidneys? Big kidneys, you know what that means. Uh, so. Actually, no, you know what, let's, we, let's we, have my most uh, followers uh, so, understand this. Well, technically, uh, we all should have the same size of kidneys. Mine are better and bigger. Um, or bigger less and efficient. Better. <laughs> bigger and better. And no, not less efficient. So it's kind of cool because, you know, livers can regenerate, spleens can regenerate, kidneys can't. And if, without your kidneys, you die. That's, that's case in point. Um, you can live with just one, but they're made up of a bunch of tubes. Actually, most of your organs are, and they're called nephrons. And the nephron basically just filters all of your blood so that you don't die and detoxify. And that thank you, kidneys. Yeah, thank you, kidneys. Shout out to kidneys. <laughs> Shout out to kidneys. And they're cute, so they, right. they have it all. <laughs> now, with uh, kidneys... Um, Basically, can you describe the inside structure? Because I remember from biology class in college that uh, at least the book I was reading that they're not exactly sure how it works at the very like small level of how that uh, diffusion of all the. So they kind of. I don't know any more terms to describe what I'm asking. <laughs> that, that's the I've run out of my yeah. my knowledge. That's amazing. Um, they've kind of figured it out for the most part. There's always an asterisk on everything in anatomy and in medicine because it's all just a theory. We pretty much 99% know what's going on, but there's still some, uh, we just don't know things. More stuff to learn. Uh, more stuff to learn, yeah. So the kidneys, when they're little, so they're made up of one million. Each one has one million nephrons. So exactly. one million, yeah, one million tubes. Um, except for mine, because mine are so big. I'm just <laughs> uh, that's a lie. <laughs> they are big, though. Um, I'd like to make a very, very yeah. large yeah. point about There's one that. thing you should take away from this podcast. Chesty has so, big kidneys. Yeah, they're made up of tubes, and basically blood comes in, and then it starts to split and get small and get small down to the capillary level. Uh, and there's actually these glomerular tufts, they're called. It's just a ball of capillaries, and that's where your kidneys meet blood. And so blood will diffuse across a barrier. There's a lot of details that go into that barrier that we're going to just skip over. But basically, it doesn't let red blood cells in, and it doesn't let big proteins into your urine. That's how when you know that you have blood in your urine or protein in your urine, they know something's wrong. Kidney stones, right? With your glomerulus. Sometimes kidney stones. Kidney stones are really just salts that come mm. out of your uh, urine and start to form somewhere in the kidney. Usually, it's in what's called your calyx system, um, which is basically... Once it goes through the nephron and all the exchange happens, so you keep all the stuff you want to recycle, so all the water, salts, depending on how hydrated you are, that's why I like them. They're, they're very complicated but very cool. 
Is that kind of thing where you'll get kidney stones if you're dehydrated and eat too much salt? Yeah. So if you are overloading salts, whatever form they are, and then you're also super dehydrated all the time, you're more likely to get a kidney stone. Okay. And kidney stones, I think people don't know, they think they're like a stone, like a round pebble that you'd find somewhere. They're not. They're jagged. They're like five-point stars going all over the place. That's why they're so painful. Mm. Um, and they, they can get quite large. And the problem with a kidney stone is it has to exit the kidney. And where the calyx system is, which is very wide and like a funnel, that's fine. A kidney stone can form there. But when it's starting to move out, now you have it go through this narrowing to get into your ureter. Your ureter's real small, like um, probably the size of a pencil, let's say. And you have a stone that doesn't really fit in there. Because the whole ureter is the size of the pencil. The small lumen, the hole in the middle, is not that big. Mm. And you have peristalsis trying to force this very jagged stone down your ureter. And it has constriction points where it gets narrower three times. That's why people that have kidney stones go into the extreme pain three times. Wow. Because it hits those little points. And that's why they try to use ultrasound now to break it up, because if you can get it a little bit smaller, it has more of a chance of getting yeah. out. How does that work? The ultrasound, do they like turn it's up the... sound waves. So it's right. just, it's frequency, and they're trying to break it up. It doesn't always work. Um, it's usually what they do for very, very large stones. Uh, but then you can think about it, you're going to have multiple stones. <laughs> you still have to pass yeah. them. <laughs> um, so that part's not super fun. Um, but yeah, so when you have a kidney stone, you'll get back pain, which is kind of odd. Um, but that's because all of your organs, basically, you don't feel yourself eating food. Like, you don't feel right. it going through your guts until something's wrong. So, the nerves that tell you when something's wrong, basically, you have this automatic system. Same one we talked about before for point and shoot mm -hmm. with erections. Um, same system is, you know letting you know that something's wrong with your guts. But what happens is that automatic system, you don't think about it, you don't know what's happening. And then when it's like, oh my God, something's wrong, it'll hijack basically like your skin system. So that's what we call referred pain, where it will hijack the system. It's got so many neurotransmitters firing. It's like, hey, hey, oh my God, something's really wrong. And then you'll get, let's say you're having a heart attack, the pain down your arm. That's because it's referring to your arm or your neck. Uh, kidney stones refers to your back. So when you have random pain throughout the day, that's one of your organs hurting and it's just reflecting to Could some be. part of your body yeah. maybe? Could be, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's in, it's not super well understood because the other thing about anatomy that we kind of talked about is everyone's a little bit different. We're all the same, but we're a little bit different. That's why you get like the differences in people having heart attacks. Neck pain versus arm pain versus mm -hmm. a lot of females actually will have heart attacks. And we don't know why it's female, but could be a pain tolerance thing. I don't know. They'll have a heart attack. They won't even know. They'll have the pain. They'll be like, oh, that was weird. And a little bit of their heart tissue just died. They just mm -hmm. don't know. Wow. So they'll live for, they find this out later when you have like a larger heart attack. And they're like, oh, you've had three before. We just didn't know it happened. How, how do they know three like exactly? You Well, you can see the area <coughs> of the heart tissue that has died. So that's how you know. So it would be different places that they just, oh, yep. three different spots? So we see it sometimes after, in post-mortem in the cadaver. Really? Where you'll cut into the heart to open it up uh, and look at the chambers and stuff. And you actually see these portions of the muscle that are white. And so white for us is kind of like a dead tissue thing. So we can kind of tell, oh, there's a spot there, there's a spot there. Yeah. That wasn't getting any blood. 
Well, that's interesting. So you and your medical students, when you open up a body, you can kind of see what was hurting the person, oh, yeah. what killed them. And you we, told me one time that you see cancer everywhere. Yeah. Sometimes. Oh my gosh, yeah. So usually, like, we find cancer. Cancer's weird, and I find cancer really fascinating because it's smart. It's you, and it's smart, and that's really scary yourselves, in some yeah. ways. Yeah, because it's your cells that are kind of <coughs> tricking your own system. Um, but yeah, we find it everywhere. So you, it just looks white. That's all it looks like. It's just lump white somewhere in your body. And usually like we'll have a little sheet that tells us what they died of, cause of death, age, <coughs> sex, and maybe some sort of information about their profession, but we don't get much more than that. Mm -hmm. So the rest of it is just, you know, discovering. It's like the yeah. last frontier for us. Um, so we get to look around and a lot of people lived with stuff they didn't know about. So unless you go right. in and get a full body MRI, you're not going to know everything about your body. Well, you get a ton of um, benign tumors, right? And yeah, you not can even get be hurt by it at lipomas, all. which are a benign fat tumor. Like you can get benign tumors anywhere. You can live with something and just never know. Like we find a lot of uh, aortic aneurysms, which is basically when when your aorta comes down your abdomen and then it splits into what's called your iliac vessels, your common iliac vessels that go into your pelvis and legs um that's like a point where blood has to split right so a lot of pressure right there so what happens is when you get weakening of the walls or plaque buildup you can actually get a stretching at that area mm. that's called an aortic aneurysm the problem with it is as it stretches the walls are getting weaker and you can burst when you burst you usually die you have seconds so oh, wow. and they monitor people that they find them and we find them all the time not burst Five centimeters, it's ridiculous. Six centimeters is the limit. Six centimeters they go in, they do surgery. Put a stint in, make sure everything's okay. Um, five what exactly centimeters. is a stint, real quick? A stint is basically, we're gonna, <coughs> we're gonna fortify, and I'm not an expert on stints. Let's put that there first. Uh, the ones that I've seen, because I only see post-mortem, yeah. um, a stint is there to basically fortify the structure keep it open so sometimes they'll either do a bypass or a stint and so a bypass you take a different vessel usually a vein and you're going to reroute the blood supply so they do that a lot of times mm -hmm. in the heart heart bypass you have a blocked vessel 90 percent blocked whatever 85 percent blocked you're actually just going to take the upper portion of that vessel connect it to this vein we're going to reroute to the part of the heart it's supposed to go to mm. so we just bypass that vessel that's blocked okay. leave it in nothing happens if it's not super blocked you can go in with a stint which is like usually made out of a mesh and you're going to clean out the vessel put the stint in so it remains yeah. open do you know uh how, how technology <clears throat> is uh coming like, well, how, how many years until it's <clears throat> until we have stuff that can just go into your bloodstream and clean out all your vessels? Just well, like little robots or something. I've seen nanobots. Nanobots. Right? <laughs> oh, my God. Um, <laughs> I have seen some stuff about... They already created some stuff like that mm -hmm. that I've heard of. I have I am not an expert on that part of medicine Well, then why are you on this all. podcast? Yeah, why am I here? <laughs> um, I've seen some of it. There's, like... It would be cool if we didn't have to do leads because like to get places in the bloodstream what we or do leads. leads are basically when when we want to get somewhere when you want to put uh, a lead is for like a pacemaker it's the electrical wires that connect the pacemaker that is electrically stimulating the heart at the SA or the AV node which is in your right atria of your heart mm -hmm. that's basically how we start conduction system that's how we make your heart beat 
So we're gonna make your heartbeat, but we have to get the wires there. So what's the easiest way to get to the heart? Well, you follow the veins that go to the heart already. So you'll insert through a vein and just literally they have a little tiny camera uh, and they can camera their way through what your makes vessels. It move? Um, I don't know. I actually don't know that. Yeah. It could be manually stimulated, just like you're feeding it in, Ooh, like a wire. That sounds painful. Um, yeah. I don't think it's painful. I think you're out. I think oh. you're under anesthesia when they well, do Well, if you're that. getting a bypass surgery, yeah. Uh, yeah, you're out. definitely under for a bypass yeah. when they're doing a pacemaker. I've never seen a pacemaker surgery, so I don't know how that, um, the mechanics of that work. But I know that they have to put them in because we find them. And so on our side, uh, what happens is pacemakers don't just die. So, oh, so <laughs> you might going. die, but they're still beeping and making sounds. <laughs> we have to cut electrical Something's wires. wrong here. Well, Something's wrong. It happens all the time. <laughs> yeah. A student will come in on the weekend. They'll be working on their body, and all the bags are zipped up. There's like 50 mm. bodies in a room, and they'll hear a pacemaker go off, and they'll freak out. They're like, oh, no, they're alive. And we're like, no, they're not alive. You opened up their chest yesterday. They're not alive. <laughs> um, but it's still kind of creepy for them. Uh, but I think it's kind of funny. Yeah, so a pacemaker uh, and a lead, you just go through the venous system to get there. You can't go through a blood uh, artery. I don't know why it said artery like that. You can't go through <laughs> an artery because an artery isn't collapsible. So if I poke an artery, and this is why they're deeper in our body all the time. You don't see arteries super close to the skin. If you did, that would be a problem. If all of our arteries were above our muscles, we'd die a lot more. Mm -hmm. um, and instead, they're kind of tucked underneath and it protects them because when you poke an artery or if you accidentally stab an artery in your arm while you're doing a venous puncture, that's why you need to know what you're doing, um, they'll keep bleeding. Yeah. They spurt. They keep bleeding. Veins will collapse on themselves because they don't have much structure to their walls, which is great for us because they'll collapse and then you wow. can clot. Uh, but arteries won't do that. They'll Once stay Once they open. collapse, do they uncollapse ever or they just collapse oh, yeah. a while ago? They yeah. heal and then... Yeah, they'll heal. We have a whole clotting uh, system that functions just how oh, it's yeah. supposed to. We also can create new vessels all the time. This is what cancer does too. Uh, we secrete this chemical called VEGF. And you can literally make new vessels. Yeah. So you'll just secrete the chemical and we'll start to grow a new vessel in that area. Yeah, I read a book about that. It was talking about how that's pretty much there's two ways you're really fucked with cancer. The first is when the cancer cells turn off the gene to stop them from reproducing on their mm -hmm. own and just keep dividing and, and growing. And the second one is there's a chemical that some cells have that redirects your body to make things like, uh, like veins to an mm -hmm. area to get more blood flow. So... When your cancer cells turn that gene on, they suddenly can start taking all the resources from your body and basically using your energy from your body mm -hmm. to feed itself at the expense of your body. And we that's when see this yeah. in the cadaver. And it was actually the reason I got so hooked on anatomy was because I did this in undergrad. We had a special cadaver lab at my school. I didn't know that was super special until I found out, like, we're 2,500 people. Why do we have a cadaver lab? That's a little weird. Um, but I got to see when I was supposed to be dissecting for the kidney, and I couldn't find it. I was It was taking way longer than it should have. It should have been right there. And it's packaged in fat, and I was looking through the fat, and there wasn't much fat there. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. And I found this thing, and it was connected to the blood vessels, and it looked like renal vessels. That's kidney vessels. Um, and so I picked it up, and I was like, hey. And I called my professor over. I'm like, I found the kidney. Why does it look like this? And she kind of looked at it, and she's like, that doesn't look like a kidney. And I was like, but it has the renal vessels. It has all the stuff it's supposed to have. Everything's going to this thing. 
And so she dug around a little bit, and then she found the kidney. Because that wasn't the kidney. That yeah. was the cancer. Cancer had stolen everything away. The kidney oh. shriveled up wow. and dying. Wow. It was incredible. I was like, this is so cool. And they didn't die of that. That's okay. when I went, okay. The other kidney, I guess, was still good. The still other kidney was it, functioning, because so. um, you do need it, yeah. Uh, and they died of something completely unrelated. I don't even know if they knew they had cancer. Yeah. It's just crazy. Mm-hmm. What, so what what would that be? They're just maybe weaker? They're, they don't have as much energy as they used to or something? So if it's kind of sapping a lot of energy? It totally depends on the person, I think. And that that's the other reason I like medicine is it's every person is different. So maybe they're tired. But when you're older, people assume that you're just tired because you're old. Yeah. Uh, and they're like, oh, they're just inactive. Oh, you're just sleepy because you're about to die. <laughs> yeah. You're old. You're wasted. Right. You know, whatever. Um, but so sometimes just symptoms go unnoticed or they have something else going on. Like, let's say that person was having, I don't know, uh, Alzheimer's or mm-hmm. something. And they're worried about the chief concern is Alzheimer's and they haven't looked at their kidney. Right. Um, so it just depends on the person. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. Um, now do you recommend doing like, uh, like I guess if you're rich, rich people just go and get whole body scans or something. And, well, you know, so that, it's a little... Thing? Um, it's a little risky. It depends what kind of scan. So if you get an MRI, which is, I think it's magnetic resonance imaging, resonance, sorry. Um, so that's really cool. It's, it's the safest, but mm-hmm. most expensive scan. Right. Um, so you are basically, your whole body's made up of cells. They have a charge. So you have protons, electrons, neutrons. So you're going to use that huge magnet that exists in that machine and they're going to pull all of your cells' polarity to one side for a specific amount of time. And they're going to turn the magnet off and let them go back. The computer measures the distance they travel. So that's how you get an image. Um, so there's no radiation, which is beautiful. That's um, interesting. Yeah, it's very cool. That's why you're not allowed to wear jewelry or anything like oh, that. So it'll be ripped because out. Because it will be ripped out. That's why you can't do it if you have metal in your body. Yeah. It will be ripped out. So don't swallow coins before you... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you're going to take an MRI, don't eat a bunch of coins first. That's yeah. a good thing Mental note, know. i got to remember that one. <laughs> got to stop eating yeah. those coins. Well, I'm not going to stop eating the coins, but <laughs> that's off the table. But if I'm going to do an MRI, I might want to you know, take so a break. Like, MRI is incredibly expensive, though. So unless you have a reason and your insurance company yeah. is going to cover it, right. you have to be super rich. Just go get an MRI for no reason. However, uh, the other scans that are less expensive and less expensive is relative because the CT is still expensive. X-ray, not as expensive. Ultrasound, we're getting there. Mm-hmm. It's getting cheaper. And that's the one that is the easiest. Right. It doesn't have any side effects that we know of right now. It's just sound waves experience that all the time you can see a lot of things but you have to know what you're doing because it's all grayscale yeah the ct is an x-ray it's just a lot of x-rays taken from different angles in one go so you're just taking many 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 x-rays and you're putting it together in an image um so a ct and an x-ray are radiation and so when you get more and more cts and x-rays you know there's a yeah x-rays aren't good for you at all they're not great for you yeah yeah. Exposure to that kind of radiation isn't good for you. That's why they make you cover up. Well, at least when you're a female, we have to cover up our uterus and stuff when we get an X-ray. Well, historically, um, been a lot of people who, when they first discovered X-rays, they actually die of like poisoning. 
radiation poisoning yeah. from just yeah. playing too much with them. There's and, a, well, we weren't super good at yeah. things. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, I mean, they didn't understand radiation. Yeah. They and, like, understand. painters back in that time, we had yeah. lead in our paint. We used to lick the tips of the brushes. And they all went nuts, and we <laughs> yeah. didn't know why. You got the Mad Hatter yeah. from yeah. those chemicals. <laughs> Mercury, yeah. We were just braver back then. Well, <laughs> yeah. Braver or ignorant. There's a Bill Bryson book, the history, a short history of nearly everything, and he goes through like every branch of science or whatever in the history of it, and like about the 1600s, 1700s, where we just get super imaginative and super interested in experimenting anything and everything. Like a lot of those guys would go nuts. Yeah. They had this chapter on like the when they were first figuring out how deep a human body could dive underwater and like, oh, yeah. the suits, and like they would all get the bends and people would go like high up in the air in balloons and see at what point you pass out you know it's like very very interesting creative uh, people thank that, goodness yeah. they did it thankfully yeah. they tortured themselves for us to have that knowledge yeah right um so if you were theoretically very rich you could go get mris and see what's yeah. up with your body um the rich they, people tend to live longer but i guess they just have easier access to getting all that yeah. testing and stuff. Yeah, right, yeah. Better nutrition, they, better yeah. healthcare in general. Yeah. Interesting thing, though, is they if find rich, very, very successful <laughs> people have a higher rate of suicide, which I think is what was weird. That? So very, very high successful people. A okay. lot, a lot of money, a lot, a lot of yeah. wealth, fame, too. People well, they realize that, that the money doesn't make actually make them happy. Yeah, and so that uh, must be a very dissatisfying thing to figure out because the suicide rates are much higher. Yeah. Yeah, if you probably think you're going to be happy with money and you work so hard and you sacrifice so many things that might have made you happy to get money and then you realize you're still just miserable. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Yeah, we're all going to die, so. Right. (laughs) Sweet and sweet. You get philosophical here? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, now, uh, Chesty, uh, I believe you're a big fan of the large intestine, right? (laughs) Just very familiar with it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Not a big fan? Personal experience, I'm, I'm kind of a fan. I think it's no. cool. What do you like better, the big intestine or small intestine? I like the big intestine better. It's bigger. Yeah. Side note. <laughs> bigger is better. Yeah. It's all about size. We are recording this on Christmas, and a side note that the uh, the pagan ritual of tinsel on trees that uh, we kind of stole from them was actually the Vikings, like, murdering people, and then that was their intestines that they put around the tree. Really? So the whole idea of tinsel is uh, a little bit of a human sacrifice kind They're of They're very aspect. long. I mean, when you stretch them all out in the surface area, and I'm going to forget the actual fact, uh, but it's, like, more than a whole tennis court of surface area in your intestines. Oh, wow. It's So what crazy. does that do, that the surface area takes all the minerals and nutrients out of the you, food? Yeah, you want, you want more surface area if you're going to absorb more things. Right. So our body creates little, we call them microvilli, or, uh, yeah, microvilli, which are little... Uh, what do I want to call those? Wiggle tails things? Yeah, we can call them little tails. They're like little hairs, kind of, that come off of your intestine. So your intestine has lots of loops, lots of folds, because we need a lot of surface area. The more loops and folds, the more absorption. The more time it has to absorb, too, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, which is why when your body gets rid of stuff and does uh, diarrhea, it basically just dumps <laughs> water into your large intestine so that you flush out, um, which is kind of cool. Does your large intestine usually absorb water or what? Yeah. So your large intestine is supposed to absorb water and we can change that. So your body can change it just like when you're... Is that what a laxative does? I can do it at will. 
<laughs> you can do that at will. You Hell should yeah. be studying. It's a good yeah, good uh, superpower. <laughs> I, I've stopped several crimes <laughs> with this. Your small intestine are intended to absorb your nutrients. By the time you get to your large intestine, the job of the large intestine is to compact. Yeah. Let's compact. Let's get all is that the called stuff. A bolus? That were that's it your mouth so I hope oh, not. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so if the large intestine kind of collects some of the water back, is that a way to try to stay hydrated? So you, you have water. Yes. Help is digest. that why you can give yourself an enema, right? Um, I. Mm. <laughs> well, is that the purpose of an enema? An to enema. get water. Would it be easier to drink water than to shove it up an your butt? Enema is to get things clean. Yeah. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. Yeah. I um, thought it was. Uh, well, where was butt chugging on this? Well, that's because Bear Grylls on uh, like Man vs. Wild. You know, he would uh, he would uh, a last resort or something. Talk about like putting seawater up his butt, and then you can digest water without getting all the salt into yourself or something. Okay, let's explore that's that. But so, that's, um, <laughs> are you well, saying Bear Girls was wrong? So let's we can talk about butt chugging actually, which will kind of explain okay. how that works too. So you have two systems of uh, veins. For your guts, has a different system. Anything that's going to absorb stuff from your guts needs to go to the liver because stuff that you put into your body, with that stuff that we're going to digest, needs to get checked at liver so we can detoxify. Okay. So like when you drink alcohol, we got to go detoxify that. Um, so basically, that system is called your portal system. So your portal veins are going to allow for that stuff that's going to get reabsorbed, secretions, that sort of stuff. Guts, intestines, pancreas, all the organs that do that job, they need to go to the liver. What people found out is there's little portions where it meets the other system, the cable system, which basically goes directly back to your heart. So that one goes to your kidneys, that one goes to your limbs, that one bypasses that portal system. So what happens at the anus, actually... There's a line called the pectinate line, and at the anus you have a couple different uh, levels of veins. So you got the superior rectal vein that comes from the portal system. So it's going to drain into the portal system, go to the uh, liver because it's still doing a little bit of digestion. So then you have your middle and your inferior rectal. The inferior is like basically at the anus exit. The middle is sort of near that pectinate line. Those two go back to the cable system, which does not go to the liver. Bypasses the liver. So if you want to get really, really drunk, you just soak something in alcohol and you put it up your anus and it will drain into those cable veins and then it will bypass the liver and you get drunk very, very quickly, which is also a bad thing because yeah. you just bypassed your liver. That, that venous blood is going directly back to your heart. So, so alcohol is going right to your heart. Very, very <laughs> drunk, but you're also at risk of death. So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, if you're lost at sea for several days and you put seawater <laughs> up your butt, does that? Uh... I am. I'm curious about that because I'm trying to think. Okay, so you put seawater up your butt. It's not like you really drink well from your rectum. Um, <laughs> I would beg to differ. <laughs> it's not a mouth. Although it looks like one. Um, I'm, I'm curious. I don't know <laughs> That's a debatable statement. Well, really, all you are as a human being... A tube? Is a tube. You're just a big tube. Yeah. And you're made up of little tubes. And you put stuff in one tube and it comes out the other tube. Yeah. Nothing we're, is permanent. Glorified tubes. <laughs> there you have it, listeners. Life is meaningless. <laughs> we are, are nothing but tubes. tubes. 
Short lifespans of digesting things. So may as well spit it out. Yeah. <laughs> You're only you only live once. Yeah. The halfway um, post endorses putting anything and everything up your butt. <laughs> and if you're a female, same thing with your vagina. It's got the same. Really? Uh, so lots of women were doing, or younger women. So you can badge chug. Yeah, you can vaginally chug alcohol because they think that they're getting less calories and therefore, you know, they won't gain weight. <laughs> um, but what you're really doing, it's going to burn like hell. Because uh, you just put alcohol up your uh, vagina. So they soak tampons and put it up there. Really? Mm-hmm. Never heard of that. That's yeah. pretty disgusting. Is it, is it easy to put in a tampon if it's soaking wet with Um if you do it quickly. Okay. They're not like super fast expansive things. Okay. They it takes a while to expand. Um so it's it's uh I mean you can and don't quote me on this please. You can put anything up there. Uh, <laughs> it's just a tube. So it, right. it we're all tubes. It's just a tube that at the end of that tube there's an organ. Um, and that's a weird thing because the ovary and the fallopian tube, I don't know if people know this. I keep talking about reproductive stuff. Maybe I'm obsessed. Um, (laughs) your ovary releases eggs into space. So it doesn't go directly into the tube. The tube actually has to create a current by beating. And so your fallopian tube at the end of it has little fimbriae, which are like little fringe and they're going to beat and actually sweep the egg into the tube, let's hope. Um, so it doesn't happen all the time. That's why you can get an abdominal ectopic yeah. pregnancy because you can get fertilized outside. Can there, can there be eggs system. that kind of just stay put or get stuck or are just yeah, floating around? Yeah, like, okay. eggs get lost, but they're just going to die. Um, they get reabsorbed eventually? Yeah, we'll just eat them. <laughs> uh, but yeah so they'll, they'll get reabsorbed it's not a big deal everything gets recycled in your body fluid wise yeah um so yes but it's an open system so right. if you think about utis for a female uh let's say or a vaginal ex- infection is what i actually meant so let's say you get an infection uh and you don't treat it and that bacteria your your system is designed to not let bacteria into the walls but sometimes you know it moves right so you can get if you got it up into the uterus itself potentially now you can spread it to your entire abdomen Mm. because it's an open system the tubes open into the abdomen uh so that's a little bit scary um but men don't have that problem yours is not an open system because you don't have uh fimbriae on your (laughs) (laughs) but it's close you can't get your infection to go that far now uh, recently republicans in i think ohio had this plan that they were gonna those what is it endotopic ectopic ectopic is outside of where it's supposed to be yeah we're a fertilized egg but if they find it they have to then try to re-implant that into the uterus or something is an interesting thing to do i think that's incredibly dangerous so isn't it impossible that you can't it's It's not impossible impossible. they can totally do it um the scary thing so let's say it's an ectopic and let's say they found it in the tube which is very small like pencil size again very very small area so an ectopic is scary because when the baby grows in a small small space you're gonna rupture so it kills mom and baby basically an ectopic is a death sentence for both because if mom dies baby dies too um and so you want to get rid of it and what they typically do is they give you a methotrexate which is a drug that stops fast dividing cells because the embryo the fetus is a fast dividing Mm -hmm. cell so let's just cut it out. Same thing you treat for cancer. It's yeah, methotrexate is a big cancer. Yeah. It's part of your chemo, right? 
part of chemo it's to stop fast dividing cells cancer cells and developing fetuses very fast dividing cells and is that why your hair falls out because that's a fast also dividing fast dividing cell. cells skin gets really thin yeah you get cut easily fast dividing cells we're stopping it we've got to do it everywhere because you want to kill cancer yeah um same thing with the developing ectopic uh embryo yeah. so they'll give you methotrexate They'll make sure that your levels go down. And the reason they do that is because you want to get rid of all the fast dividing cells. So if you were to take an embryo from the tube, and let's say you move it to the uterus, the problem with that is, do you know you got all the cells? Because oh, right. if you didn't, it's still going to grow there yeah. too. And you're still going to rupture, and you're still going to die, and so is right. baby. That's the part that scares me. Because if you don't give her methotrexate, you cannot determine you that got you got all. rid of all the cells. So an irresponsible policy choice. I completely disagree right. with it. Um, I think it's a dangerous policy And I think the guy who choice. wrote the bill and included it came out and said, oh, I hadn't actually researched it before oh, I seriously? put it into the bill. Oh, well, my gosh. Yeah. You're a Republican male <laughs> writing a... Now, you know, it's right. not unheard of. So, let's say you're a female who was trying to get pregnant. Because mm -hmm. the, the part that's, you know, it's dangerous for you if you have an ectopic. But the if you were trying to get pregnant and you're not on an IUD and you're not using a contraceptive, you know, bar in your arm or on the pill or something. And you really wanted to get pregnant, there are options. They've thought about reimplanting. Yeah. It won't necessarily take either yeah. so when you move it, it you can disturb stuff and yeah. it won't necessarily be a good how does thing. the bar work do you know how that bar you the describe? bar works exactly like the, uh, all of the hormone releasing things so it's actually okay. it's kind of incredible so they figured out the pill the bar the ieds with low hormones all work in the exact same way essentially except for the ied is a physical barrier as well yeah um but the hormones that's basically being released they fake a pregnancy essentially uh it tricks your body it tricks your body into thinking that you're going to menstruate so you basically the pill is a form of progesterone and so you give someone a lot a lot of progesterone and progesterone in a pregnant woman will maintain a pregnancy okay. so you're basically your what's called your corpus luteum the part that released the egg and is still in your <coughs> ovary secretes uh hormones to make sure that progesterone is still around and we can maintain the uterine wall. Now, when you give a bunch of progesterone, which is what happens right before someone's period, a lot of progesterone being secreted and all of a sudden, none. That's how, they call it a progesterone drop, that's when you menstruate. You shed the lining because there's no more progesterone. Why mm -hmm. we keep the lining? You get rid of it. So the pill is a fake synthetic version of that. So we give them a high dose of progesterone and then all of a sudden the next pill is a sugar pill, nothing, period. Okay. So that's the same way the morning after pill works. Uh, so you do it quickly because they figure if it's fertilized it won't implant yet. Mm. Um, and even if it did, you'd shed your uterine lining, but you only have 72 hours because of right. how things work. Now I was listening to an interesting podcast. It was uh, by Malcolm Gladwell, and he was interviewing some Catholic researchers, and they mm -hmm. were trying to figure out a way to make a contraceptive that isn't against their religion, uh, right? Oh, interesting. So the Catholic faith says you can't, you know, do anything to stop the natural progress of childbirth. Oh. But what they were looking at was um, some mix of chemicals and really just uh, hormones 
that prevent a woman from even having her ovaries release an egg. Huh. So then you're not stopping it. You're actually saving those eggs for the future. Interesting. And what they found was that actually this chemical mix, because there's not the process in your ovaries of releasing an egg, and every time they do that, a bunch of eggs die. So they're actually protecting the eggs longer somehow. I don't Interesting. know if you... I'm probably I, forgetting a couple key well, aspects of this. I think but. I could see how that would work. My question <clears throat> would be... Because I feel like in all things medical and all pr- pretty much all things everywhere, uh, there's a balance. Yeah. There's something good that happens from this drug and there's a side effect. So with that sort of thing, I would wonder. So women, when we lose our period, that is not healthy. So like if a woman doesn't get her period, she eventually gets blood work done and gets looked at because they're like, why? Why aren't you menstruating? Because menstruating is a part of how we work. Um, and so when you release an egg, that's how you menstruate. Mm-hmm. And so I'm curious to see if those women that they're no longer releasing eggs, what is happening to their yeah. body? Because if you're not using the organ properly, and as this is just my opinion, if you're not using the organ how it's intended to be used, it usually gets mad personifying it, but it usually gets a little mm-hmm. pissed off and does something you don't want it to do. Well, there's all these um, unintended consequences yeah. of everything. But it would be cool if that worked. That would be really, really interesting. Um, hmm. I know that they've been looking into male contraceptives yeah. as well. Uh, and I don't know how that would work because you guys just keep producing sperm all the time. I wonder if that might yeah, be easier, what is, though. What is because, that shot? There's like a 10-year shot yeah. that you can do now or something. Well, they give you a shot to reverse it, too. Yeah. So it doesn't even have to be 10 years. So what does the shot do? Does anybody know? No. <laughs> <laughs> We should look that up. <laughs> it shoots atheism straight into your blood, and it uh, prevents God's will. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how the male shot works. Mm-hmm. I know that they haven't had a lot of success with it. Yeah. Um, which is interesting. It's also like it, weirdest thing about the male when you're trying to, you know, do a vasectomy. Let's say you literally cut the line that allows for sperm to get right. there, and it's supposed to be, you know, irreversible. And yet, we still have people get pregnant yeah. because they've had a vasectomy and it failed. And I always wonder, how? Mm-hmm. How did you mess that up? Um, yeah, it makes you wonder. Yeah. I had a buddy who had that and they had to, yeah. And it still functions sometimes. I'm mm-hmm. like, where did the sperm go? How did get How to get out? <laughs> so, that yeah. That is interesting. It's pretty weird. Well, you never want fast dividing cells to just stay in the area and not no, get flushed out, right? No, so it's probably harder for your body to get them all out. You if want not... turnover, too, yeah. because like that's when you get mutations and problems. It's like if you leave fast dividing cells alone and they got nowhere to do the thing that they're mm. supposed to do and you got to build up or whatever, that's when you get a lot of mutations. Anytime you have fast division, you're getting mutations. Right. So how does that work then when you get a vasectomy? Well, like, it's, it's it, supposed to be happens? cut. I, I but literally. Um, no, I know, but what does the sperm do then? If they well, your body has to slowly reabsorb it. They just I guess, absorb right? it. Okay. But then it's dangerous because you, like you said, fast dividing. Yeah, but a lot of people there. get vasectomies. A lot right? of people yeah. get vasectomies and have no problems. Um, I'm a little confused if they just die off or what. Well, yeah, honestly. they probably do. Um, your balls don't just get bigger and explode. Well, that's what actually. <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> That would be yeah. interesting. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's a, it would be a difficult surgery because your uh, spermatic cord that has the vas deferens, which is what carries your sperm, it also has all these veins around it and tons of little arteries. Mm -hmm. So you have to be very, very good at surgery to actually do surgery on oh, that. Oh, yeah. So you so can't do it yourself is what you're saying. Yeah, don't no DIY that one. Yeah. Um, yeah, don't do it. Don't have a guy. Have a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a general rule for most <laughs> for most body medical most, yeah. yeah, no guys, doctors. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't matter the discount you get. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> get one ball, get one free. <laughs> one for one. Right. This will be a weird edit, but the thing about anal sex is. <laughs> um. So I have nothing against anal sex. No. No issues whatsoever. Uh, Anatomy-wise, it's an interesting thing because. Um, and people that do it probably know, uh, if you stick something up there, one, at first, it's gonna hurt, like, a lot. You gotta stretch it out. It's gotta be stretched out. Now, here's the thing about stretching it out, though. If you stretch out that hole that was a sphincter, and it's to keep you from pooping yourself... The hole formerly known as... <laughs> so the hole, the formerly hole, uh, actually will not allow you to keep stuff in. Mm -hmm. Your sphincter will get weaker, right? It gets a little bit weaker for a little bit of time, so when you poop, you're just pooping. You have no control. Um, so, be close to a toilet afterwards if it's your first time, because you will be shitting yourself a lot. And it will sound different, because you don't have a sphincter for a little bit of time. It'll come back. Can you describe the sound? No. <laughs> Is it a whoosh or a, like a fart sound? It's like a, it's like a bomb. Okay. Going yeah. off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> dropping bombs versus, you know, just squeezing right, the bombs. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, that's anal sex. Yeah. <laughs> All right, another lightning round question. Uh, does size matter? Size matters, I think. Um, not just a personal opinion. I think all the women out there will agree with me. There is a range of size. And, yeah, too big. Uh, there is such thing as too big because, you know, that vagina is very stretchy. It's elastic. It's muscular. However, there is a point at which it just hurts. Mm -hmm. um, and, yeah, it's a little bit scary. <laughs> See that yeah. thing coming at you? You're like, whoa! Where'd oh, that yeah. come from? That's a limb. That's a weapon. <laughs> Get right. that away from me. And it actually, length, it depends on the woman, too, because the vaginal length varies. Yeah. Um, There's only so much size before you get to uh, cervix, right? Yeah. Yeah. So vaginal length is a certain length, and it will... There's actually a very cool, if you ever uh, look up the Plastinarium or go to it in Germany, uh, he has Gunther von Hagens, who did Plastination. Plastination, for people that don't know, when you replace all of the liquid in your body after you die with a plastic so you basically get rid of everything and then replace it with a plastic so it's still real human tissue cells but now it's plastic you can touch it you can do whatever they make museums out of it um and so he has a little section of his museum that shows sex so like they've mm. hemisected which is when you cut somebody in half with the penis inside and the vaginal canal uterus so what, everything they get so two dead bodies it. and make it yep. Make it sexual. Yep. Yeah. Get laid after death. Not a, not a bad way to And they'll be like that forever. So yeah. um, it's actually, it's very Ultimate cool. player. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but you can see it. And when you see it in action, which you'll never see when you're alive, that kind of view, it's actually very interesting. Um, 
And erections are kind of interesting because you literally cut off the venous supply. That's how you maintain an erection. Stretch it so that you don't get venous return. You can't drain for a little bit. Uh, that's why Viagra that uh, causes those longer than four-hour erections is a problem because you just cut off venous supply for four hours. Mm. You can start to get tissue death. Oh, yeah. Your blood can clot, right? And you could clot. Yeah, that wouldn't be a... That wouldn't be fun at all. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't remember the question you asked me. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter. Yeah. I think the answer is more interesting than the question. Right. Oh, does size matter? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, long size story matters. short, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Long story yeah, short. Yeah. You didn't get the memo on lightning round, apparently. <laughs> I'm good at right. quickness. Um... Let's see. Um, swallowing metals, good or bad? <laughs> swallowing coins. <laughs> I have a personal vested yeah, interest, personal as we've already described. <laughs> um, if you swallow a round coin, you'll probably be fine. It will hurt when it comes out, unless you've had a lot of butt sex, then maybe it won't hurt as much. Yeah, have butt sex after you eat coins. Yes. <laughs> Make it easier. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, anything, if you, if you look inside your body while it's happening... Uh, anything that you put in there that doesn't uh, dissolve or get smaller like it's supposed mm-hmm. to, there are just places it can get stuck. Okay. Um, and so like a coin that's rather So count heavy, your coins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Heavier count your coins objects may get stuck in places, but <clears throat> let's say it would go through, if it makes it through your small intestines, if it ever gets out of your stomach in right. the first place, because um, it's got some sphincters it has to go mm-hmm. through. You got a little gateway. It's called the pyloric sphincter from your stomach to your small intestines. You've got another sphincter at the end of your small intestines entering your large right. intestines. That's actually where I would think you'd get it stuck is because once it gets into the cecum, which is kind of like small intestines to large intestines, it has a little pouch at the bottom that we call the cecum. Okay. I don't see why it wouldn't get stuck there because if it's heavy enough, it would just right. fall down. Another question, uh, the olive oil cleanse, good or bad? Horrible. <laughs> Don't do it. Uh, there is this horrible rumor out there that if you drink olive oil, that it will do a liver cleanse and detoxify your body. Uh, your liver is detoxifying your body, so please don't mess with it by drinking olive oil. Uh, olive oil is a fat, and fat, yes, your liver produces bile that does digest fats, but it's stored in your gallbladder. And your gallbladder is going to take care of it just by emptying all that bile into your uh, duodenum, which is a part of your small intestines. Um, if you just drink olive oil, you're probably going to have diarrhea. That's and no true. benefit. And not, <laughs> no, no, real, no, benefit. no yeah. real benefit. Right. You're just not giving your body any nutrients for a while. And you feel like you're cleansing, quote unquote, because you're shitting yourself yeah. a lot. So, all right, but it's only from the olive oil. Not yeah, it's from the olive <laughs> yeah. oil. It's not your body are being the, like, "Ooh, I love this." Yeah. Are there yeah. any any cleanses that uh, you recommend? Um, no. Just drinking water, maybe. Water is great. And, your body yeah. loves and needs water. Right. You can drink too much water. It's yeah. very hard to do, but right. you can dilute your blood enough that you die. Yeah. Um, so don't like just go drink, drink gallons of hundreds time. of gallons yeah. of water. All right, uh, drinking the blood of virgins does it keep you young? <laughs> <laughs> well, people eat placentas, so you know people are crazy. I don't okay. know. There's that vegan whole, meat. There's that whole rage now to literally placentas vegan meat because people, I guess, you don't. You get can eat it. It's it. natural. Yeah. It's an organ you. Well, <laughs> you can argue the woman might be hurt by it. <laughs> Well, when you give birth, and I'm uh, sorry for people that are squeamish. Well, if they're still listening now. Yeah, if you're still listening now, maybe you're fine. <laughs> but when you give birth, so you birth the baby, 
Right. And then and you have a second you secret have a birth. second birth that no one tells you about where you have to give birth to your disgusting, bloody placenta. Offense intended, because I think it's gross. I can say it. I'm a woman. I might have It's a one miracle. One yeah, the miracle of life that really The miracle hurts. of afterbirth. And uh, that you, it hurts so much that your brain is designed to make you forget it. Yeah. So that you'll do it again, because otherwise you wouldn't. Right. Um, and to not hold it against the baby you just made. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah really. <laughs> it's incredible how the body changes to do that, but it's also quite weird uh, if you think about it. And women are gross, right? Yeah, women yes are no. disgusting. <laughs> yeah. That's why I never We're shake just, a hand with a woman who's yeah. been on her period in the last seven days. <laughs> the Bible says... <laughs> I believe she's actually supposed to stay on the roof for the duration of right. her uh, period. I believe so that's the, in there somewhere. The placenta, I find it <laughs> odd that people eat it, especially the mom. Um, and I, and no judgment. I never judge people because we're all weird in our own way. Um, but the placenta, it's designed to be a gateway for blood vessels, essentially, to nourish baby with oxygen and let him give you all of his disgusting stuff back. So or her. It, so the baby's shit and, you know, byproducts well, actually, are in the, the placenta. the baby doesn't make poop yet. Yeah. Because um, it's a liquid diet, really. Yeah. Um, lungs don't function yet, and so you're basically just giving it blood to grow. Uh, and so it sits in its own urine. <laughs> and it swallows it and drinks it. So, like, you're in a sack, and you've got this fluid around you. Some of it's waste, some of it's not. And we're just drinking our own urine and growing and getting bigger and stronger. And, and then we get out of the sack, and we take our first breath. And then everything, pressure changes. You start to function. Your lungs start to function. You stop drinking your own pee, hopefully. Not everybody does. <laughs> Um, but, <laughs> and you have your first right. poop. Um, it's called your meconium and you don't want your first poop to happen while you're in a sack still. Cause then you're still drinking and eating. Is that a pressure there. thing that then allows you to start pooping, I guess? Um, you won't necessarily have your first poop right away. No. Um, so you usually have to be breastfed first, but yeah. So miracle of life. Very dirty, right. very gross. Um, in my opinion, that's just my opinion. Yeah, and stuff rips. Don't let them lie to you. Stuff rips from bow to stern, usually. There's, the vagina. Oh, not just the vagina. You can rip all the way to your anus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's scary. Um, but the yeah. creepy thing... Everybody thank your mother. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thank your mom today. She went through hell for you. Um, the creepier thing in historically is doctors used to ask dad or mom if they'd like to put an extra stitch in for the uh, husband, yeah. you know, uh, to make it tighter again, because that thing's very stretched out. It's no lie, it was a watermelon that went through a very small tube mm -hmm. that used to fit around a penis, <laughs> and now it's been stretched out quite right. far. Um, and so, so is the uterus. The uterus grows and pushes everything out of the way. And your uterus sits right on top of your bladder usually, unless you're what's called retroflex, where it sits on top of your colon. I'm so sorry to all the women that are retroflex and pregnant. I don't know how you poop. I'm proud of you for doing it. Um, but women pee all the time when they're pregnant because the uterus sits on top. And you have so a very heavy baby. And it's less space Yeah, you can't fill spilled. up as yeah. much because it's literally right. resting on top of it. All right, last lightning round question. If you're having sex and you're pregnant, is the penis hitting the baby in the head? Uh, this in the is head. why size matters. <laughs> uh, it shouldn't be. Now, uh, if the baby is large, 
and its head is where it's supposed to be, which is facing down towards the exit, um, <laughs> which is the cervix. Uh, so that's the bottom of your uterus, and that's the part that pokes into the vaginal canal. Now, let's say you have a giant schlong. And, um, that's you, a medical term, right? Yeah, that's a very medical term. Uh, if your schlong is large and long, more than girth, um, and it is poking your cervix, which happens... Um, potentially you could be jostling the child a little bit, but your penis is not going to make... Just dad saying hello. Yeah, yeah, your penis is not going to make contact with the baby uh, unless it's like the size of a pencil and it slips through the cervix and like gives a little poke, which doesn't happen. People with dimples, I've heard the wives say, oh, the people with dimples, (laughs) that means your parents had sex. That's 100% true. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, That's a good one. Yeah, it won't hit the baby mm-hmm. unless you're a freak. <laughs> yeah. All right, actually, one, one last lightning round question. Uh, babies, do or don't throw out with the bathwater? <laughs> uh, no comment. No comment. All right, Jerry's out on that one. All right, everybody, thanks for listening. Um, if you're still listening this far, you're, you might be a little fucked up. <laughs> we talked about some weird shit. Hopefully you learned a little bit. Yeah, hopefully you learned. I learned a little bit. Uh, yeah, I've been drinking all this virgin blood for nothing, apparently. <laughs> um, and uh, my uh, olive oil cleanses, also for nothing. <laughs> the but diarrhea has, for years. has been having successful right. diarrhea for years. Yeah, oh yeah. Everything's working great down there. <laughs> my large intestine. No thanks, complaint. Buddy. <laughs> right. All right, thanks for listening. Uh, once again, this is Brain Milk, the podcast. We're brought to you in association with the Halfway Post, America's best satirical news source. And uh, I'm Dash McIntyre. I'm Adrian Pope. And I'm Chesty. Thanks for listening, everybody.